Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anyway, at this time, let's bring in our guest this week. Mr. Jody Ayler from The Drive every Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. on Fox Sports 910 here in Phoenix. Jody, how's it going, bud? I'm great. How are you guys? Good, man. Hey, you got, uh, a, you got a competitor of mine on the uh, on the, uh, the the line here then, Tyler, huh? 6 to 10 a.m.? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. When you're not getting your country fix with gutter, uh, yeah, you get the sports sure you're listening. Over there. <laughs> to Jody on your Cardinals fix. Uh, Jody, I want to dive right into this. Free agency obviously just ended right before we started recording this. Cardinals stand pat. They don't do anything. Based on Kyler's contract and knowing that this year and next year is really your years that you can kind of push the chips in and and try to try to make a move here before that contract balloons up and, and you're going to be kind of <laughs> cap restricted. Um are you surprised that the Cardinals didn't make a move? I did see a tweet from you saying something about Bradley Chubb that you thought the Cardinals may have been a contender if they were in a better position. But let's hear what your thoughts on why the Cardinals didn't make a move uh, here at the free agent deadline. I think it's a rare instance where the Arizona Cardinals have a firm grasp in reality. I think they know they're not a contender in the NFC. I mean, look at all the moves made. Now, we can make the case that Robbie Anderson was their move and they went in before the flurry of action, but – we had a bunch of action today, and the Cardinals weren't in on it. I don't think they can afford to trade more picks. I don't think – I'm frankly surprised they didn't uh, trade some of their own players, whether that be a Vaughn Miller-type package for J.J. Watt or – I don't really have a lot of dudes other than J.J., and he's a new dad. But I, I think the Cardinals realize they've got enough pieces on the, on the field for this offense to work already, and defensively, the price tag was pretty high. I don't think they were willing to pay it. I think Bradley Chubb was a perfect fit for this team off the edge. I think he's 26 years old, a career high in sacks back when he was a rookie under Vance Joseph. So we know there's a scheme fit there. I just think the Cardinals, and maybe it was finally Michael Bidwell realizing like, hey, I've done enough. I've spent enough. This team has enough talent. I don't think talent is the issue for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and they uh, they decided to stand pat. I'm going to go off course here. What is the issue, Jody? <laughs> if it's oh, not it, talent, let's hear your opinion. What is the issue? Because I'm sure this is going to align with where we think the issue is. But yeah, let's hear your thought. Thank you for teeing up that giant <laughs> meatball for me to just unload on. Um, listen, for me, I talk about it for four hours every morning and I have more or less for the last two years. It's leadership. I mean, I think it's the head coach. I think it's Cliff Kingsbury. Um, anyone that listens to the drive knows uh, what I'm about to say. I repeat all the time. I don't think he's a leader of an NFL franchise. I don't think he commands the respect of the team in a way a traditional head coach does. I think the players like Cliff Kingsbury. I think they're, they're, they're uh, you know, I don't think they've turned on him. I don't think they've quit yet, but I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a leader of an NFL team. Frankly, I'm not convinced that Cliff Kingsbury is a play caller for an NFL team. So this is, to me, the bottom line for them is, leadership's an issue. Kyler has his own leadership challenges, in my opinion, that are exacerbated by the head coach's uh, faulty leadership. 
I think at this point, year four, the fact they're still having organizational issues on the field in year four of an offense of continuity at the head coach, play caller, and quarterback is nothing but a reflection on Cliff's inability to get this team where it needs to be. So, um, yeah, you can't trade coaches. Uh, real, I mean, although they did today kind of in the NBA, uh, Ime Udoka just kind of mm-hmm. jumping from team to team, obviously some extenuating circumstances there. I, I think the Cardinals' biggest problem is head coach. Do you think they uh, – we just kind of posed this prior to having you on, but is it Michael Bidwell at the top, maybe a directive of them not making a move right now because he wants to see how this plays out before he makes a decision to make a change in the offseason to decide, you know, when that when that Black Monday hits, when all those coaches get let go, is this let's not mortgage more of the future because he may make a change at GM and, and head coach. I think we might be giving Michael Bidwell a little too much credit with that. I think that makes logical sense. I think that's exactly what should be the case. But in the same instance, I thought, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I think the consensus was this year should have been a feat to the fire year in the first place after mm-hmm. the way last season ended. And instead, they got rewarded with a victory lap and contract extension. <laughs> so Cliff, maybe six months, or Michael Bidwell, maybe six months later, kind of came to the realization like, hey, Maybe these guys aren't the answer at head coach. And by the way, you cannot fire Cliff Kingsbury without also firing Steve Kime. You can't Mm -hmm. fire a head coach and let a GM hire a fourth head coach and a GM who has one playoff win in the last decade. They're a package deal as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if Michael Bidwell sees it that way, but that's, that's the way it should be looked at. Well, let's talk more about Cliff's wild decisions. Uh, We just touched on AJ, AJ Green. I mean, it felt like maybe he was making a move in the right direction by benching A.J. Green the week prior against the Saints. And now this Sunday, he's almost in for half of the offensive snaps. I mean, (laughs) I look at that matchup with A.J. Green. Most of the time he was in, he was going against Patrick Peterson. Mm -hmm. And Patrick Peterson looks like a pro bowler guarding A.J. Green. But you got young guys like Greg Dorch. You got Robbie Anderson, who's a little faster, a little taller. Uh, compared to an AJ Green, and and you're not running those guys against Patrick Peterson, and and to me that those were the mismatches that you could have. I'm not an offensive guru, <laughs> but to me, just watching that looked like that'd be the logical decision. What do you make of of this loyalty to AJ Green when he's really done nothing this season? Well, I think the the fact that you're not an offensive guru, I'll just go on and let him say all three of us are not offensive <laughs> gurus. That makes that makes four of us if we include Cliff Kingsbury, who what I also okay. say is not an offensive guru. Um, here's the thing, man. I, I have no idea what they were doing at wide receiver. I think they may have forgotten they traded for Robbie Anderson, that he was not just like they might have just been getting rid of draft picks so that Steve Kime wouldn't blow them on some some players that wouldn't make the roster. And they're like, well, that's right, Robbie Anderson. Maybe this week they'll realize he had he had an extra mini bye week to get acclimated. He played more with three days of practice against the New Orleans Saints than he did with three extra days of practice this past Sunday against the Vikings. And your your point's a hundred percent spot on as far as I'm concerned. His speed, it would have been a perfect matchup for Patrick Peterson, who is many things at this point of his career. He is not particularly fast on a straight line the way we're used to seeing the old P2 run a 4-2 straight line and be one of the fastest dudes in the NFL. I don't know what they were thinking there. You would think, and again, this this makes logical sense, were they showcasing A.J. Green by starting him and having him play the snaps he did, but then 
zero catches, one target. That's a weird way to showcase a dude. And then to not trade him. I think this speaks to the overall lack of leadership, the whiplash effect of some of these decisions. Think about where they started the year. Who was wearing the green dot on defense to call out the defensive plays and essentially be the quarterback of the defense? That was Isaiah Simmons. Guess who was effectively benched week two after a pretty bad week one? Isaiah Simmons. This is kind of a pattern when you don't have a real grasp of your team, when you have sort of a split head coaching uh, tree, the way Vance Joseph effectively is the co-head coach of the defense and Cliff is the co-head coach of the offense. I think you see these kind of weird decisions being made. I, I can't explain it under any circumstances other than coaching incompetence. Uh, yeah, it, a lot of head scratchers there. I, I do want to touch on you. You had uh, tweeted out the other day that Cliff is, and I've seen you say this a few times. Cliff stunning Kyler's development, and and I am completely in agreement. I think when you said he's not a leader of a pro football team or maybe even an offense, I don't think he's a leader of men. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. I, I think he's a buddy, a friend. Like that's the fit with Cliff. But ultimately, we've seen twice already this season, and I'm getting really nervous once as the season trickles on. We're not that far into, into the year. I mean, we're going into week <laughs> nine. It's a long season now. That Them adding that extra game, those tensions are going to boil over, and I feel like there's going to be a all-on just come to blows on the sideline between Kyler and, and Cliff at some point. I, I mean, do you do you see that coming? I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying. I think that I don't know that Kyler will let it get that far. I don't think it needs to get there. I agree with you. He's not a leader of men. You know, I was talking this week after we watched again in week eight of year four more play clock dysfunction at the line of scrimmage. You know, I, I was reading recently an NBA team was struggling with, or an NBA team was preparing for the season by playing with a 16-second shot clock in practice. They wanted to initiate their offense quickly, so they just changed the play clock, the shot clock, at all of their practices to condition their team to initiate their offense. I don't, I think Cliff might have like a 90-second play clock in practices because <laughs> he doesn't want the team to be uncomfortable. He doesn't want anybody to feel pressure. He does. He kind of shies from the awkwardness of tension and competition as a leader. I think clearly he wants to win. I think he's clearly trying to win. But I don't think he embraces that sort of competitive tension that can bring the best out of world-class athletes. And I think we see that with allowing this offense, whether it's his fault or Kyler's fault, to continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. Now, as far as Kyler's development, I think what we're more likely to see is, and, and I watch this very closely every week, there are going to be things said that indicate that this team is pinning its shortcomings on Cliff Kingsbury. It hasn't really happened yet. We've seen other players do it. Chase Edmonds did it when he left. Obviously, Patrick Peterson did so after this past week. Steve Kime and Kyler Murray sort of took the shrapnel from Patrick. But I think we're going to see some breaking of the ranks from some of the Cardinals. And once that happens, it's a death spiral. There's no getting it back. To Cliff's credit, I don't think this team has quit on him. I don't think they've given up on the season. But, guys, there's only so many times you can get up and get knocked back down. I made this <clears throat> reference this week. I don't think anyone under the age of 40 will, will understand. But you, have you guys seen Cool Hand Luke, the movie Cool Hand Luke with Paul Newman? Mm -mm. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, under, I'm under 40, Jody. <laughs> you got it. You got it. There's, there's this scene, this famous scene where he's in the prison yard, and he's challenging the biggest dude in the prison to a fight. 
and Paul Newman keeps getting knocked down and he keeps getting back up and he keeps getting knocked down and he keeps getting back up. And it's an incredible scene because it shows he's not, he's in, he's un, uh, you know, unable to be defeated, but he's getting the crap beaten out of him. The point is there's only so many times you can get knocked down. We're getting back up. Makes sense. The mm-hmm. Cardinals had all off season, got knocked down by the, the Kansas City Chiefs. They get up for the Raiders. They win that. They come back and they lose the next week to the Rams. They keep getting up, knocked down. I think this Vikings game is going to be the big sort of breaking point for Cliff Kingsbury's leadership because I just don't think this team really can believe the same way they did even two weeks ago that they're in it. Well, and, and when when you talk about that in that game alone, how many times were they knocked down and they came back? They were down right. like, I think it was 11 and then they came back and then instantly within a few minutes, they were down 11 again or 12 again at that point. And it's it, at some point it's, you know, don't bend, but don't break. Well, I think your, your sales are going to be let out and, and this team is just going to lay down for people at some point. Um, I'm yeah. going to pose that as the final question. The Cardinals are only a game out of the last wildcard spot, and they're two games out of the division. The NFC West is a complete dumpster fire. The NFC as a whole is a complete dumpster fire, not just the NFC West. Are the Cardinals cooked this early in the season? I, I mean, can they? I know numbers-wise, being a game out and two games out, they can get there. This is a nice stretch of the the, the season where, where the games are winnable. But, I mean, do you think they're finished at this point? I do for two reasons. One, I typically personally don't take a lot of, I don't use other people's failures to feel better about myself. I only feel good when I'm accomplishing the goals that I've set out to accomplish. So if I set out to run a personal best in a, in a 5k or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I fail, but other people fail worse than I do, that doesn't make me feel good about failing. So just because the Cardinals are still in it because other teams have failed doesn't make me believe that they should feel good about their own failures i think if you look at it in a vacuum they're three and five and they're lucky to be three and five and i don't think the rest of the nfc shortcomings should prop up the cardinals now you're right mathematically they're still there and so then here's the other question if you look at the wild card race right now in the nfc we have the division leaders let's take the nfc south out of it they're a one bid conference uh, more than likely right you've got the eagles at 7-0 and the cowboys at 6-2 and then you have the nfc west with the 49ers and seahawks at the top that means the cardinals in order to sneak into the playoffs are going to have to be better than the giants the uh potentially the los angeles rams and the green bay packers they have to be better than at least two of those if not all three of those teams I don't think that's the case, guys. I don't think they're better than the Rams. I don't think they're better than the Packers, and I don't think they're better than the Giants. Do you think by them not making any moves prior to the uh, deadline today, they kind of are just kind of going to admit defeat this season, you know, not not try and turn it around? They're just going to kind of roll with what they've got, hoping for the best, or they they just kind of waving the white flag on the season? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to say you got to go out there and do it with what you got. And like we mentioned, they needed an edge rusher desperately. It's still the one thing they got to bring pressure. They got to blitz like crazy to get any pressure. And I think an edge would have been a perfect fit. And Bradley Chubb was available. You know, Brian Burns wasn't. We know Bradley Chubb was. So, yeah, I, I think they're basically saying sink or swim. And if you think the Cardinals are a playoff team, you think they're better than the Rams, Giants, and potentially the Packers. All three of those teams. I don't see it. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, well, uh, Jody, where can people find you on social? We'll get the social plugs in. Yeah, I'm at Radio J-O-D-Y, uh, currently with a blue check mark uh, that I do mm. not pay eight, $8 for a month. but uh, Well, 20 we maybe $8. eight. It depends. Yeah. There's a wide yeah. range there between 20 and 8 with uh, with the new owner of Twitter, which I saw earlier. Uncle Elon, yeah, we're yeah. Just, I'm gonna hand I'm gonna hand eight dollars a month to the richest man in the world. That is that's insane. But, <laughs> hey, rich um, people don't rich people don't get rich and they don't stay rich uh, without figuring those <laughs> those ways those uh those things out. So uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Our guest for the week, Jody Ayler of the uh, host of the Drive every Monday through Friday, six to ten a.m. on Fox Sports uh, nine ten a.m. Phoenix. Thanks, Jody. I hey, appreciate it, guys. <laughs>